time to tune up the band. And is it triple A or is it triple R? For it is another episode of the Sweet Chinwag podcast. I am Sam, a very ill Sam, joined by Dan and Reardon as we continue our journey for the wacky world of professional wrestling. Hi, chaps. How are you doing for a start before I Hello. tell you how ill I am? Pretty, pretty. I'm, I'm all right. I'm, I'm, I'm all right, you guys. I am, I am okay. <laughs> Well, I have got a cold, and I just have not been able to shift it all week. It's like it's I'm... been it's been uh, a sticky one. Mm. Oh, it has been it has been an awful it's been an awful week. I won't go into like the other things that are going on, but just the just the just the having the cold alone is just like I I am so done with this week. <laughs> Poor baby, but we appreciate you still being still being here. Hell yeah, I'll try my best. <laughs> I'm trying my best, everybody. But yeah, it's been a week, one that I kind of would rather forget. Um, but we keep soldiering on. It's gonna. We I'm, move. I'm looking forward to the end of this week. Of course, we've got a couple of things coming up. We've got Russell Dream coming up, which I'm very looking forward to. We're gonna give our we're going to give our thoughts and our predictions soon. Don't you worry about that. But it's also not been a bad week in terms of wrestling here and there. Uh, WWE actually had a couple of decent shows this week. Um, uh, shout outs to the guy at the NXT for the NXT production team that thought of the genius idea because they've got NXT No Mercy to actually use. WWF No Mercy for the Nintendo 64 to advertise NXT No Mercy. It counts. It absolutely counts. It's so, so cool. Anyway, apart from all that, it's been an okay week. Anyway, we give you this podcast thanks to those lovely people over at SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and forever pending our platforms. Guys, do you think that Sam being ill, his voice dying <laughs> will stop us from pending? That's where you're fucking wrong. Because we are always pending. You think I'm going to jog? Si- I'm going to jog yeah. to, to a common cold? You must be <laughs> fucking mad. Nah, common nah, cold, that doesn't work for me, dude. <laughs> that doesn't work for us. We are always pending other platforms and always Will be. <laughs> that might be my new. That might be my new thing now. Whenever I get ill, I'm just gonna try and no sell it. <laughs> I mean, that's. I mean, speaking as a cis man, Dan, that is what we do, and then we we die considerably more because of it. But uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, right. I know you're. I know you're right, but like. <laughs> oh goddamn! Oh goddamn! I'm sorry, but like that's part of the problem that we try not to job and then to we, quote we job Ro- forever. To quote, to quote one Robert Fish, I mean, folks, where's the lie? It's sting. I agree. Dot gif. Ah, gosh. Before we get on to our final episode celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month. With our little retrospective of Tripler R, it is time to visit Dan for this week's wrestling news. Dun 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 down. 
wrestling news. Oh, uh, <laughs> where do yeah. we want to start, Dan? <laughs> I'm going to say we're going to start with Wrestle Dream because I feel like we normally normally when it comes to sh- like show previews, we end up we end up taking forever. So let's get it out of the way first. Cool. Right. Uh, uh, Zero Hour <clears throat> match just got announced this morning. Was the acclaimed defending their trios championships against TMDK? Shane Haste, Mikey Nichols, and Bad Dude Tito. And I'm like, yes, that's the New Japan match I want on this card that's not really a lot of New Japan. <laughs> Somewhere. Well, again, this, is, this, was, this, was, this was the thing, right? Because I, I saw a really funny tweet. that was, I, It was like a pair of tweets that were like, in what, in what world is this um, an Inoki-inspired card? And then the other tweet below it was like, this is definitely not an Enoki card, but we all know Enoki liked making money. <laughs> you do realize, right, that Enoki's probably up in heaven right now, slapping everyone in a line, going, What the fuck is this? A tribute show for me. Come it, well, come it. Well that's well that's what I'm saying. Like, where's 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 the uh where's the MMA fighters? Where the fuck you is know? Josh Barnett in this card? Jo- not even jo- well, not even Josh Barnett. Like, where's where's Israel Adesanya? <laughs> where's Francis Ngannou? Yeah, exactly, right? Where's where's the pro re- where where is the pro wrestler versus pro wrestler shoot match? Where's Bob Sapp for crying out? Loud? Exactly, right? <laughs> this is the kind. These are the kind of things, right? And then there was like uh, there was there was another one talking about. Um, Talking about um, Eddie Kingston, and he was saying um, Inoki's Inoki's spirit watching the biggest Baba Baberist fan win on a yeah. win on a show inspired by him. Yeah. <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, you know what? That is enough to make Inoki slap the entire arena. <laughs> yes. You like Baba? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you then. I mean, look, right? It's a good, it's a good card. It is. I, 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 again, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm missing the Enoki. I know, <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm guessing it's just meant to be on like the anniversary of his death. Look, all I'm saying is, where the fuck is IQ to do the, to do the, the, the promo packages? I'm just saying, because this was all about Enoki. Well, that's what I'm saying, right? IQ would be there right now making the promo packages. And I'm not saying that because he's my master. Oh, yeah, she's my master. Come on. I mean, the thing is, right, is that ultimately, like, I'm sure the matches will go down fine. It's just, I, I feel like they're kind of missing the point on the theme. Yes. yes. Which, look, to be fair, is, is pretty consistent for wrestling shows as a whole. Listen, if there isn't a line of 217 people lining up to be slapped by a burly Japanese man, then it's not a, it's not an Antonio Inoki tribute show. No, 200 you know people who they get slapped in the face get. by Katsuyori Shibata. You know who should actually attend? The the the, the guy who's the, the impressionist of um, Antonio Inoki, Antokino Inoki. And I no, that is his name. And I kid you not. Like you, like, but like they couldn't even shell out for like Chono... Or like Muta. Yeah, but Muta's going off doing weird stuff with Noah. I'm gonna show you guys a picture of Antokino Anoki. A man who I kid you not on the funeral of Antonio Anoki attended and was one of the guests of honor at Anoki's funeral. 
That's Antoki no Anoki. I don't think I'd ever see a person with the same chin. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Maybe it's a maybe it's like an Excalibur. Maybe it's like an Excalibur thing. You know, only certain people can gain the chin. <laughs> I don't. Know. I realise yeah. that he's got to be. Su- he is such a pop culture icon in Japan that he has a lot, like several people, doing spot on impressions of him. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like that's 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 just like how British t- how British TV just has a rich history of. We strangely good impressionists. Yes. Yeah, that is kind of. Yeah. Um, now that you think about it. But yeah, out 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 of the uh, out of the matches, I mean the 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 one Enoki match I'm feeling is going to be Danielson ZSJ. I'll tell you this much. That's the, that's the only one that's giving me Enoki. A lot of people have been saying that Zach has been incredibly British, where to which I've had to correct them and say, no, that is just the Kent coming out of Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah, like he's just, he like again, you just can't take the you can't take the Ken out of the boy. That is, that is pure that is pure undulterated Isle of Sheppy coming out of that man. <laughs> we, we are all moulded by our various traumas. <laughs> Turns out though that he's uh, that it's only just come to light that his that that his full name has actually come out, and I didn't realize that Uggles was actually a middle name that you can have. But apparently, he had his middle name is Uggles. <laughs> now I can't wow. guarantee whether Wikipedia is a true and tried and tested uh, source of information, <laughs> but apparently Uggles is his middle name. But I I digress. <laughs> that match I'm really looking forward to because it's, it's been a very very long time since these two last met and it was in Coventry of all places they last met in, in a ring together and Zach was still quite quite young into his career he had just come out of the of the local kind of like Kent scene um, where he predominantly wrestled in Swanley of all places um, and so, he, also like, looked, he also looked like he was a rejected member of Fallout Boy the Dartford Tribute Band of Fallout Boy. <laughs> They're rejected from the Dartford Tribute Band. Yeah. <laughs> and so this is a different, this is a much more experienced, seasoned, uh, world-travelled Zack Sabre Jr. I'm very much looking forward to, to this match purely on a basis of now. It's kind of like, hey, I was the young gun last time, but now I'm on your level. Go from the you're that. you're young now to the you're old now. <laughs> um, what the one thing I don't understand out of this card is how in the why can't we just have an Abushi Takeshita match and why does it have to be a six man? Because we need to enter the Jericho verse. Hey, whatever. Uh, what whatever, whatever. I'm looking forward to Eddie versus Shibata for the um for the ROH and the N- uh, NJPW Strong Championship. Yeah. Do we think? Do we think he's retaining? I'm not sure. I I mean, the thing is, right? Is where I mean, in my mind, I'm all for Shibata being ROH World Champion. I just don't feel like they would do it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, isn't he pure champion already, or did, has he? Has he's he pure champion. Yeah. I mean, pure World Champion is a killer combo, but 
hey, it worked for Brian. Yeah, I just don't. I just don't know if they're gonna if they're gonna go to it. Uh, supposedly, the main event of this show is the TNT Championship match. The two well, out of that's three what people was between... that's what people were saying. But then I also saw people saying it was the tag team championship match. Yeah. Um. From what I've heard, it's one of the two. But I have heard more that it's. The, the, the TNT title match, which if the case, Christian Cage versus Darby Allen uh, in a two out of three falls match, that's going to be huge. Uh, from, from, a, from what I've heard, Adam Copeland is going to be at collision, but not going to be making an appearance. He's just going to be backstage from all from, from a lot of reports. That's what's been heard. Yeah, a lot of people believe that Adam Copeland's probably going to debut at WrestleDream, it, which if the case, whoa, that's that. I mean, Which... that's huge. That is huge, considering that that is a massive dropped ball on WWE's part. All right, granted, Jade Cargill's just been signed by them. Great get, by the way. Cannot fault yeah. the WWE for getting Jade yeah, Cargill man. in any way, shape, or form. As we said, the only thing that is going ever going to make that work is just you just keep Jade Cargill as is. But this is the WWE. Well, my thing is always going to be is going to inevitably be the fir- the first feud because that really just going to set the tone. Exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, um, FTR v Aussie Open, we had that rule quest. Yeah. Um, so they'll probably build on that. Hangman um, versus Swerve is going to be a hell of a match. I'm really looking forward to that one. I know the ROH tag match is currently pitted as like a handicap match. Mm-hmm. So see how that goes. <laughs> um, got the TBS title match, Statlander versus Julia Hart. Go on, uh, go on. I would. It's pretty good. Go on, put it on Julia. Go on, for the heck of it. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Yuda versus Ricky Stark, which I am very much here for. I am as well. I think that's going to be a sleeper hit. A lot of people want. I was going to say, I, I I think they could be cooking. They, they are... could be cooking. I mean, Ricky Starks has been cooking. So yeah, much. he has been. That rivalry with Brian, mm. those two matches have been outstanding. Outstanding. And all I will say is this. For the if if I was the head if I was the head booker and owner of that company, I would be fighting tooth and nail to keep Ricky Starks in in the company. Mm-hmm. Oh. But yes, uh, looking forward to Wrestle Dream. Should be a lot of fun. Um, whether Sexton Hardcastle makes his presence felt will <laughs> remain to be seen. A lot of people I... have been saying like he should be known as Cliff. He should be known <laughs> as Right Angle. He should be known as Protractor. Look, we 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 all know the correct answer is Brink. <laughs> <laughs> no, that. And I'm saying it. That and Sexton Hardcastle are the only two right answers. <laughs> if he actually returned to Sexton Hardcastle, that would be possibly the most based move ever. Please, yeah, just... I'm just saying. <clears throat> it, that's Adam Copeland. No, it isn't. It's Sexton Hardcastle. The only my only question is what it would be like. Are they going to go for the the real old school, old school kind of sound for the theme? Where it's, it was gonna, kind of... it's, it's gonna open with um you might be familiar with me <laughs> that's it oh you know what he actually should go back to his wcw name damon striker 
I'll put I'll put I'll put this out here. Um, if if he returns as Sexton Hardcastle, we I will do a stream. Uh, or I'm I'm implicating myself in this. I don't want you guys to get involved in this on my behalf. We'll figure out a way for me to do a stream, and I will literally watch like three episodes of Total Divas. Hell okay. Yes. Hell you yes. heard it here first, folks. Look, if he does it, and he does return with Christian, and they form and they reunite the tag team of Sex and Violence, then you watch five episodes of Total Divas. Oh God, okay. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> Make it happen. God's sake, make it happen. You know you want to, Tony. <laughs> By God! That's if sex they, to if, if, music. If, if Rhino appears, <laughs> make it ten. <laughs> oh, man. But that's not all that's been going on in the world of the news, <clears throat> has it? Uh, you are correct. That is not all that's happening. Uh, we'll take you over to, uh, over to the Bravish Islands. <laughs> um, <laughs> the uh, and talk a little bit about um something that's happened over here um for those that aren't from the uk or in the uk wrestling scene you might not have heard of a company called one pw um recently <laughs> last year they uh they returned to doing shows after like however long um they were getting quite well regarded. There was lots of hype around them. They were getting lots of people in from like America and stuff. Everyone was really excited. Um, I hate to sound like an ass when I say this, but I was I was suspicious. <laughs> As was I think a lot of people who know the history of one pro wrestling. <laughs> um. <clears throat> And um, we'll say it as um, the suspicions have been founded. Um, they have ceased. They have ceased operations and are now um, no longer registered as a company. But um, there is some. There is some more. Yes, um, that has been at play. Um, the owner, who I will just not reference, and I'll only reference the situation. Um was involved well currently has allegations i'm being very careful with my word here uh of embezzlement which is i believe the reasoning as to <clears throat> why an upcoming show in doncaster was suspended yeah. if memory serves me correct <clears throat> and uh as laid out uh by the amazing joey dombrowski um, it was done without business partners knowing. Um, oh. and approximately £5,000 was transferred from the company to a personal bank account. Oh, man. That's... Oh, um... Boy. <clears throat> um, my personal favourite bit of this story is that, and I to, again, I have to stress, allegedly... Okay. Um... Oh God! I even I'm trying for a way to word it. <laughs> oh wait, what the company? The company? The company's value was being inflated. Okay, which is been and <clears throat> one of the ways that it was inflated was by claiming they had a sponsorship that didn't exist. 
Now, Reardon, I, I, I would like you to guess. Can you take a guess at what company this was? Oh, this makes me laugh. Oh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, like, it's got to be a bit, I'm going to say Nike for some reason. I don't know Wrong, why. it was Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and it is, it is alleged that they just got empty Starbucks cups and put them on the press conference table. <laughs> You know what? You know what? I kind of love it. I won't lie. <laughs> and then including, but not limited to, claiming ownership of things that the company did not own, such as camera equipment and the ring. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a lot of people in British wrestling have uh, subsequently been blocked. By the one PW account, including no their open weight yeah. champion, wasn't it? Was, <laughs> Robbie X. Was I mean, basically all of the, basically all of yeah. their champions happen because they're not getting paid. Alleged. Well, as the story goes, I don't know if it's actually a joke or not, but Darius was saying that he's going to take the title to a pawn shop. <laughs> as he should, as he should. I believe that. Some honestly, honestly, I honestly I believe he'd do that. Frankly, some I believe um, that some champions were even paid via a wasn't it like a like a like a. Well, it was it was stated as they were being they were put on a payment on a payment plan. So basically, they were being clanted. But 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 basically, what that meant was they'd have a deposit paid for their appearance, and then they'd get paid later afterwards. Yes, I th- it could be, that's basically <laughs> being clanered, surely. But this, this, is, this is what I was saying, like, booking a wrestling show on Klarna goes crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, and then it kind of goes through uh, lots of very different things, but... Um, <clears throat> But let this it be then a... leads to it then leads to a final bit, which is people chasing them for money. Let uh, this be people a lesson. saying they haven't people saying they haven't been paid. Fuck people saying hell. that um, they're waiting a payment. Um, included things such as a statement from the One PW Twitter account saying oh. that, and I quote: "It has been rumored on this app that people are owed money by One PW." To clarify. One wrestler is on a payment plan. Every other wrestler, crew member, and staff member has been paid for their work with us. Any other inference is entirely untrue and a complete lie. Accusations! <laughs> False accusations! Which was then met um, with a separate statement with hit with talent continually being booked and it being claimed that no one required deposits, but was in fact, but in fact, they several wrestlers were offered them, and when confronted, the story changed. <laughs> Ugh, crazy, genuinely, <clears throat> genuinely nuts. But uh, let this be a lesson to anyone who tries to run up indie promotion. Uh, make sure you just have a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> And don't get too big for your britches. <laughs> also, make sure you follow financial law. Because <laughs> if they to 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 quote, uh, I believe the Batman animated series, "I'll fight the Batman, but I'm not fighting the IRS." Yep. <laughs> that is perfect. HMRC for the UK people. <laughs> perfect. Of which, again, 
I would not want to go into open combat with HMRC. I thought you meant with Batman as well, but... I, don't, I mean, I wouldn't either. <laughs> but at least that would only hurt me physically. True, true, very true, very true. Ah. So is that pretty much everything <coughs> uh, news-wise, Dan? Yes. Cool. Reardon, let's go on to Recommendation Corner as I sort my voice out. <laughs> Guys... <coughs> How do we feel about unions? Love them. Uh, yeah, fantastic. Needed in pro wrestling. Uh, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, this is less a recommendation and more a uh, more a celebration corner that the writer strike is over. Now, I believe that the uh, the SAG AFRA is, is still going, mm-hmm. so hopefully they get the of their shit. But the writers specifically, they have won everything that they wanted. And that makes me really damn happy. Same. Like, it just makes me so happy that everything can go on ahead, that the writers are getting paid, that everything is going to go well. And on a personal matter, it means that, like, I know that they had already done a deal, but it also meant for sure, for sure, that interview with the vampire is coming back. Yes. Like, I won't lie. I won't lie. I, when the writer's strike happened, I thought this is how I get burnt like heroes again. <laughs> I really thought that was how it was going to go down. But no, hopefully not. Hopefully everything goes well. So, uh, yeah, um, uni- unionization is good, actually. So I recommend unions. You know who would agree with you there as well, uh, Reardon? Who's that? The former governor of Minnesota, Jesse the Body Ventura. Absolutely. Have you served your country, Reardon? <laughs> I was a former Navy SEAL Marine. <laughs> I have over 500 confirmed. Now nah, I'm, I'll stop that. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know what's great is I could do that even better with my bad voice. <laughs> I'm good friends with Dick Borshenko. <laughs> Fucking deadlock. Anyway. Hey, shall we get on with the main portion of this episode before I before I carry on? Yes, I will. All right, fellas, it is time to talk and go over our little retrospective over Tripler R. Now, before we carry on, we've talked about a number of different luchadors, and indeed, we've talked about the oldest promotion in all uh, well in all of the Americas in CMLL. So I guess, what is your familiarity with Triple R as a promotion, or it's in its place in pro wrestling? You know, I hear about it a lot, and it's always kind of been like this weird negative zone for me, where it's really important, and yet I don't like hear people recommending it, recommending people on the roster and stuff like that. It's kind of odd. He's not wrong. It's kind of really odd. It's kind of really odd. Like, people go like, oh yeah, Triple R, it's this and so important. I'm like, alright, cool. You watching it? No. <laughs> alright. <laughs> like, like, I don't hear any other promotion has this. Mm. Like, it's kind. Of, it's really, really strange. I have, I have, I have met and seen more of like, of of like of promotions that have gone under in like three years than this one. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, 
I feel like for me, Triple A, Triple A has always kind of been like. I don't even know the exact words to use. I was going to call it like the weird uncle. Of the today. Mm. But like. Mm. But like. It's always the one that's just kind of like off to the side and like you'll see people that have gone there and it's like back in their career and there's some cool stuff going out of there there's some cool people that have come out of there mm. but like something about it just doesn't quite seem to to resonate or connect mm. yeah it's always had this very weird thing of um as a promotion it <sighs> What's the best comparison I can make? Triple R almost feels like the the ECW of of, of 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 the entirety of Lucha, and it kind of established itself very as it started as that. But it just never had as much of a cult following across the world as it did as ECW. And more more than any of the time, you will find that they, when anyone mentions Triple R, you're like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> I have never known a company where it just just complete where some, when you mention it they are completely exasperated. Because <laughs> more than anything, there's a lot. They are while there have been so many kind of like there have been good things here and there. Most of the time, you're just like, huh. it's <laughs> it's tolerable as a company. But when you talk about it, you'll be surprised to know that it really sh- shouldn't be that way. In, in a sense, and I'll go over a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it, as it we go kind on. of it kind of exists in this weird like middle point of like, yeah, they're doing their thing, that they're, they're pretty good, but like, it's kind of that. That's kind of the 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 feeling I get. <laughs> so, let us go back to the beginning in 1992, and let's go to the how. I'm going to be honest, how most promotions, new promotions, get their start. When bookers and promoters get into scuffles and, <laughs> and arguments together. Yep. So, the head booker of CMLL at the time, a man known as Antonio Pena, was having a lot of problems with, with Paco Alonso, who was the head president of CMLL at the time. And... Differing, ju- uh, differing uh, opinions and what should be going forward and how people should be booked in the in the promotion. Basically, kind of, they were at loggerheads for the longest time, and Pena had finally had enough and decided, you know what? If you're not going to listen to me, I'm just going to go off and do my own promotion. But it wasn't just him who was going to be heading up this own promotion. He had an ace in in, in the hole in the form of Conan. Which feels, like how... a, which feels like a crazy... <laughs> that feels like a crazy concept now. I love the fact that everyone was silent as soon as they said Conan. That just says a lot. <laughs> Does yeah, it? it's like... I, I felt like, what, like... Co- 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 like, my first brain was... My brain went like, what, Conan O'Brien? Is, is that, was, he, was he part of this? No, 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 no. Old K-Dog himself, Rey Mysterio's best friend. No, no, Co- yeah, Co- Conan, do you listen to my podcast, Conan? Uh, <laughs> to which the answer is no. Look, 
Yes, I'm just going to say it. If we, whenever we do a retrospective on Conan, well, if we ever do a retrospective on Conan, just know that he has wrestled as Conan the Barbarian. There it is. There it is. You know how when we do our episode tweets, I like, I often, I don't like at the person, assuming they have an active Twitter account, just because, like, you know, they probably don't want to deal with that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Unless we're doing like a specific thing about like someone like specifically, I hope you know one billion percent. I'm adding Conan like six times in that tweet. Oh yeah, yeah right. You better. <laughs> I I I want to get the message. <laughs> it's a badge of honor. So, what Conan and Pena had as an idea to go off and form their own promotion was being able to um, actually have a platform for the younger talent at cmll to really kind of shine because of course as is usually the case with a lot of promotions not just in mexico but across the world younger talent never really get an opportunity to try and ply their craft and have an opportunity at the upper mid card and main event and this was very much the case in cmll so conan and pena left and took mostly all of the young talent in cmll with them Basically, leave seemingly leaving CMLL with a middle-aged roster and uh, not the greatest of futures going forward. Um, not only did they take talent as well from CMLL, they also looked across the wider area of Mexico. Not just in Mexico City, but they went to Tijuana, which they went, which is how they saw and signed both Rey Mysterio Jr. and Psychosis. They also ended up making uh, signing up talents such as El Hijo del Santo, Octagon, Blue Panther, the Casas Brothers, ne Negro Casas, and Heavy Metal. They also was able to discover the talents of, of Eddie Guerrero and Cien Caras, as well as signing Pero Aguayo. And of course, one of the main people that were going to be there, putting all of this stuff together, of course, was Conan, right there front and centre. And very, very quickly, when they first put on their show in 19... The very first show in 1992, these guys were popular right off the gate. The general feeling around, from what I could gather from little research during this time that I did, is that people were kind of jaded with CMLL. They wanted to have something that was a fresh new product to kind of go and spend their money on and have more kind of an exciting, something that was a bit unpredictable to the usual fare that you would get at Arena Mexico in CMLL. And it proved worthy of being able to sign up that younger talent because, of course, having younger talent meant that you had much more fast-paced and frenetic matches during that time. The very first debut show took place in Veracruz, Mexico at the Auditorio Benito Juarez in 1992. They also were able to secure a TV deal for that as well. So they, their very first show also took place on television as well. And the card was pretty much kind of all of the young talent that they, they snapped up during that time out there in full force. We had... We had um, Octagon out there with Angel Azteca, Fuerza Guerrero and La Parca were out there as well. We also had Cien Caras um, in the main event in a six-man tag team match. A two, as usually with the six-man tags in Mexico, they're usually contested in two out of three falls. So you have the team of El Fantasma, Mascara Sagrada and Pero Aguayo 
uh, defeating the team of Los Hermanos Dynamita, which is Cien's Caras, Mascara Ano 2000, and Universo 2000. For all intents and purposes, I've not seen any reviews, and there's not many ratings on Cage Match for the match, but from what I've heard, it was a very strong enough uh, television show um, and a strong enough debut that it led to them, you know, of course, getting more shows and more and more attendance in the live events as well. It makes me laugh that the dark match uh, ended up having a tag team by the name of Quarterback and Super Bowl. And I can confirm they were pro football gimmicks. (laughs) (laughs) With this, though, they quickly did set up a relationship with the promotion. What promotion was it? The Universal Wrestling Association, which was another Mexican lucha promotion. Um, uh, that was slow. That was kind of really kind of falling on hard times, and eventually would go out of business in 1995. Actually, it was a actually it was a knock on effect of Triple R, Triple R starting that the UWA would eventually fold. Uh, would would go out of business, and most of those um people that were working there would eventually go and fold into Triple R. And Pena was still signing up talent he was being able to poach more people from cmll and the wider mexico area he signed up uh, the top draws of, of those of the local scenes such as el canec dos caras and the los villanos oh, shout out dos caras dos caras awesome awesome um and quickly after this they ended up uh, establishing a wider relationship for promotions across the world. This all, of course, peaked with them uh, in, in terms of their massive popularity with the aforementioned When Worlds Collide pay-per-view, which is a pay-per-view I, I believe I did discuss quite at length in the last episode. Oh, no, the first yes. episode of Hispanic Heritage Month. Um, yes, well, as, as I said, it was a super card show that took place with a lot of promotion. Well, a lot of the main promotions were being Triple R, the IWC, based in Puerto Rico, and World Championship Wrestling. This was one of the very first, like, super card events that took place in America, in Los Angeles. And, of course, um, uh, I talked about it in detail. Of course, we had Psychosis that was part of that as well. Um, the card also contained uh a six man tag um as uh as i said uh with a psychosis one where he teamed up with Fuerza Guerrero and Madonna's boyfriend as i said Madonna's boyfriend being Luis Spicoli <laughs> god bless him to defeat the team Shout of Rey Mysterio heavy metal and the latin lover Le- legit oh. the guy was the latin lover um but we also had t- uh, Two Cold Scorpio was part of this, along with La Parker and Blue Panther. Tito Santana actually was part of this show as well, randomly enough. Yo, my guy. <laughs> we had the Los Gringos Locos uh, def- uh, teaming up to, uh, to take on Octagon and then Hijo Del Santo. And in the main event was a huge steel cage match pitting Puerto Aguayo against Conan. Uh, Puerto it's Aguayo, one of those things I, I don't think I've properly conceptualised how popular Conan was in Mexico. He he was he was quite a big deal in, in Mexico. Um, yeah. Which is quite a surprise when you realise that wider around the world wasn't wasn't as as big as he could have been. Like he was the he was the I feel cool. like Mexico has a habit of that. 
I agree. He was the cool one out of the Wolfpack. Like, my, like sans Kevin Nash, but he was the cool one out of the Wolf Wolfpack, as everybody knows. And the one yes. that I believe sung the theme song to uh, the Filthy Animals theme song, if memory serves me correct. Him and also on one version, Rey Mysterio rap on it. Yes, yes it Which did. Which is buggy as hell for me to think about. <laughs> so with all of this wider knowledge and wider exposure, of course, from the world, When Worlds Collide pay-per-view, and of course with WCW being part of that show, <laughs> this would see um, WCW really kind of uh, gutting the promotion for all it was worth. So in the time from that show up to about 1997, a good majority of the people left. Rey Mysterio, Psychosis, Hooventude, La Parker, they would depart WCW. And Conan during this time would also leave to join them. Even so far as actually making his own promotion in Tijuana known as Promo Azteca which did not last very long. As a matter of fact, it <laughs> lasted from about 95 to about 98. He, he said, up... I've done this once. I can do this again. <laughs> so what happened is that he teamed with Fuerza Guerrero to, to fight, found this company. Eventually got a TV deal with TV Azteca. Tried to um, sign up a lot of the people that were in WCW, form a, a friendship, a relationship with them. But it just never was able to take off as much as it could have been. Of course, he got the talents of Super Carlo, Rey Mysterio, Juventud, La Parker, and Psychosis. But again, it was just that thing of not many people being able to, again, not being able to get a good footing and being able to take off as much as it could have been. It was presented as a very kind of, um, what's if you could call CMML WWF. Triple R was WCW. Promo Azteca was supposed to be the Rebel, like the Rebel promotion, yeah. the ECW promotion of Mexico. But it just, it just didn't work as well as it could have. I mean, they they were the ones that had more hardcore matches in Mexico as well with Promo Azteca. But we're not here about Promo Azteca. We're here to talk about Triple R. Now, in 1997, Triple R had their backs against the wall with a lot of their talent gone to WCW, Conan going off to form his own promotion. Not many people they could put their backs on. They decided to, to form a relationship and a working agreement with the WWF. This, Choice. This, again, unfortunately, didn't prove to be very beneficial for them. As the only significant outcome in this uh, were, was the 1997 Royal Rumble, which featured a number of luchadors appearing in the Rumble. The most famous, of course, was Mil Mascaras, who famously entered the Royal Rumble and rather than going over the top rope, elected to eliminate himself by doing a crossbody plancher to his opponent on the ground, who was already he eliminated. wrote himself into history on his own terms. Bill yes. Mascaras actually was apparently so tough to work with during that rumble to book that he simply just said, "No, I am not having anyone eliminate me. I will eliminate myself." On it, honestly, base. <laughs> 
Honestly based. I can't. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> Mil, there is a whole history of Mil Mascaris, or Mascaris doing this. And there is no doubt in my mind, everybody, we will be doing a Mil Mascaris retrospective we will do, we will next do a year. Retrospective. But just like... Because the, the thing is, right, is that about... It's not even him being difficult, being like, no, I want to win. He's like, no, I'm, I'll am i go out, but I do it on my terms. Yeah. <laughs> so no, I'll, I'll lose, but you got to let me, I, I've got to do it. You don't get to make decisions for me. And that is unfathomably based. Yeah. Uh, Honestly, more wrestlers out there today could learn from that. Exactly, exactly. So in terms of the late 90s, um, a lot of change started to happen. They ended up becoming independent by buying out their contract with uh, with their t- television um, broadcaster, Televisa, eventually becoming independent, uh, forming their own, uh, their own cor- uh, corporate company and broadcasting regularly on other television channel- channels in Mexico, most notably Gala TV and Univision TDN in parts of the United States as well. So so now they have a US platform to show off Tripla R. Um, pardon me, give me a moment. You can survive, uh, you can do this. I'm trying my best, I'm trying my best. <laughs> so, let's go into the 2000s. Let's start in around 2004 where they would where they would start a brand new working relationship with an with a new company over in America known as TNA Total No Nonstop Action. Now this is where throughout the uh, throughout this time they would be sending the likes of Hooventude, Hector Garza, Abismo Negro, Heavy Metal, and Mr. Argula to TNA to compete, not only in, in, in explosion tapings and the pa- and the weekly pay-per-view shows, but to be part of Team Mexico in the X-Cup tournament as well. Ah. Oh. <laughs> in the very first x in the very first America's X-Cup tournament that took place in 2004, would you believe that Team Mexico actually uh, dominated that in, that tournament, beating USA in the first round before retaining the cup and and keep winning and retaining the cup against Team Canada and Team Great Britain? How who did they pay off for that? I've no That's idea, but I'm pretty like, much. I'm, I'm almost certain that Antonio Pena probably paid them a fortune. So it was like on the one condition that <laughs> we win. Yeah, like I'm impressed. I'm impressed by that. When, when, when was this? This would have been 2004. Funny thing. Would you okay, like to... yeah, like that's. Um, Do you want to know cause... who was part of Team Britain though in 2004? I Team agree. Britain in 2004 is probably like what Tim Storm. No, 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 no. A young, a young Doug. Is it a young Doug Williams? Oh man, no. I'll tell you this. Are this we is... talk, are we talking like world of sport wrestlers? I'm telling you this right now. It is the who's who of FWA. Oh my god, god. Okay. Right. So James, um, Mason, captain is James Mason. Yep. Robbie Dynamite. <sighs> Dean Allmark. Shout out to Dean Allmark, who's still Dean going. Allmark, yeah. <laughs> Frankie Sloan and who is their coach? Dave Taylor. 
God. Oh, God. <laughs> that no, really is FWA, isn't it? That, it really, really is. Doug Williams wouldn't be part of Team Britain until at least the 2006 X Cup. Speaking oh, of, sorry. Speaking of which, they were unfortunately unsuccessful in the 2006 World X Cup, which would eventually, of course, see Team USA defeat Canada and Mexico in the Ultimate X X finals to win the cup. Now, I I can't confirm whether or not uh this was the case. Um, but apparently, them not the two thousand and six at cup, but the losing of the cup, I believe to to Team USA in two thousand and four, broke off that working relationship very quickly <laughs> with them. Very quickly, as well as I believe there was a lot of contractual like uh, issues that I believe that Jeff Jarrett wanted to sign a number of the luchadors that brought over in Team Mexico to a contract in TNA, but Antonio Pena was having none of it, and so rather than continuing to that have that working relationship, they just opted to contract them individually. <laughs> <laughs> no, get out. Which is crazy when you think that Conan was part of TNA at this time. Yeah, Conan's literally in TNA. <laughs> He's the, he and at this time he was the liaison between Triple R and um, and TNA at this time as well. well. Clearly, he wasn't liaising very much, was he? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, they would eventually form a little alliance and work together once more in two thousand and six after kind of the like the dust had settled. And, uh, and kind of like all was forgiven, again facilitated by Conan. But Conan would quickly leave TNA in 2007, basically making sure that any sort of working relationship between the two was gone. Nothing had ever happened again. Now, the reasoning behind this, from what I've heard from several articles and from Conan himself, was that there was um, a lot of um, racism around the higher-ups in TNA. And he couldn't stand it anymore and actually filed a, a discrimination lawsuit against TNA in 2007 around this time. Uh, the lawsuit was dismissed, I believe, out of court as well. So I don't know the, the exact result of that. Who knows what, who knows what, who said what or what happened around that. But all I know is that Conan definitely left and there was a lot, there was a bit of, um, there was a bit of cloud over TNA for him leaving. But. After that, TNA just decided, oh, you tell you what, instead of Triple R, we'll just go to CMLL instead. And it's, just, it's, just the, it's just the inevitable thing of just... We have... Oh, okay, we, well, we, we can't work with um, CMLL anymore. Okay, that's fine. We'll just go to AAA. Okay, well, then like three years down the line, oh, we can't work with AAA anymore. Okay, we'll go back to CMLL. And that only lasted two years because after that, TNA would go back working with Triple R. In 2010. <laughs> what are we doing, man? <laughs> now, what are we doing? Now, there were a lot of chopping and changing around the uh, the higher-ups and the executives of Triple R at this time. Unfortunately, in October of 2006, Antonio Pena passed away of a heart attack in 2006, leaving his family as basically uh, uh, as the main people, uh, leaving them with the company. And to this day, the, the Peñas still own and run the company. 
with Maricela Pena as the chairwoman and Dorian Roldan Pena as the CEO. Now, Maricela, I believe, is his sister, if memory serves me correct. And uh, I believe his, uh, his son, as Dorian is his son or son-in-law, I, I, I think, yeah, son. Uh, Dorian would be his son. Um, and to this day, yep, they still own and operate the company um, and have done since about, uh, properly there, since about 2007. Uh, and this is when all the whole TNA, will they, won't they, was happening after all yeah. this time. So let's go on over to the El Rey network for a little bit. It's 2014, with the backing Hell of yeah. the executive <laughs> over at uh, El Rey, they decided to start hosting shows over on the El Rey network, now having once again an American television slot. Uh, this, of course, would also see the birth of a one-hour weekly program that would be accompanied by monthly and quarterly specials, as well as specialised live pay-per-views. Triple R, along with the El Rey network, would go on to form a little show known as Lucha Underground. And boys, we know exactly how good Lucha Underground was. Oh, <laughs> they're, yeah. They're, they're, they're cooking. All I'm saying is, Robert Rodriguez, I'm so happy you decided to to, to fund money to, to make that show yeah. a, a <laughs> reality. <laughs> Honestly, Lou, it's, 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 kind, it's kind of crazy. The fact that I just like coming out of AAA and then them being willing to take a risk on a, a pretty bold idea. And boy, did it work for them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God knows it fucking worked for them. <laughs> I mean, I mean, at the end, it did die a blood. It died with a whimper and not a pain, oh, yeah, let's it, be it honest. Did, well, it, I was going to say, it died a quiet but violent death. Oh, it absolutely did. It absolutely but... did. <laughs> I don't care. Lucha Underground looks cool as shit. And so here we go. Good on, good on AAA for even going for it in the first place. So here we go with a bit of uh, the, the modern history of AAA. Their peak time in the 90s has solidified them as a company that will always be forever remembered and being an important tentpole in the, in the history of Lucha Libre. But I can't say the same for their modern, for the, for the modern AAA, if I'm going to be particularly honest. Triple R in today's day and age is just weird, for lack of a better term. <laughs> Not in terms of kind of like, um, in terms of the wrestling, because there are still good rest. Is there is still good wrestling coming out of Triple R? It's just some really weird decisions that they had. For example, that relationship with TNA also meant that Conan had established a relationship with Jeff Jarrett. In, oh, sorry, Jeff Jarrett in this time, excuse me. Coffin coming back up. <laughs> and so, of course, with that meant also that there was a GFW relationship that these that the two would form at this time in, 20, in 27, 2016, 2017. Unfortunately, that also led to what happened at Triple Mania, where um, Jeff Jarrett, a very disheveled, um, came out throwing tacos to the audience and antagonizing them in what's possibly the worst way possible. Um, I hate I hate talking about it because Jeff doesn't like talking about it because I think the word was he was, and I quote, off his tits. 
Yeah, it's and hard I to believe look. that was the reasoning as to why Jeff, um, why Jeff went off to rehab, and I believe that's why he was, uh, demoted from his spot as the founder and owner, or sorry, as the owner of uh, Global Force Wrestling, if memory serves me correct. Yeah, that'd do it. <laughs> yeah, it's... Global Force Wrestling was a a weird thing. It really, it really was. just growled the worst in everyone. It really, it really did. Such a weird time. I mean, Triple Mania is <laughs> one of those shows. It, it's, it's a very, very kind of um interesting, uh, interesting legend in the world of professional wrestling in that it's a very, it's a tentpole event in the world of, of Lucha Libre. But, more than ever, I think over in the wider world, it's more known for just being sometimes. What's the best word I can say for this? A, a, a shit show. I hate. I to mean, say it's that. one of those things. Of at any point when you're booking or when you're planning anything around a wrestling show, if your mind goes to. Hmm. I think I should do something, which is an incredibly obvious stereotype. Should probably be your port of call to be like, I should not do this. <laughs> but that being said, there have been things that have been really good. There have been matches that have been really good that have come out of of Triple Mania. So I'm not. I'm not saying I mean, that was to kind of like dunk on them. Because like... <clears throat> they well, no. If we're talking about like Tri- Triple R in, in the modern period, I mean they've got Vikingo. They've got Vikingo, which is who is so flipping good. They have Dr. Wagner Jr. Absolutely awesome. Um, Commander as well, who's abs- who's been absolutely yeah. killing it over in flipping Ring of Honor. They had Kenny Omega as the mega champion, for crying out loud. That was a weird time, though. <laughs> that was when he was the belt collector, so, you know, I'll let that I'll Yeah, let they, that were doing, they were doing the belt collector thing, but also Triple R just couldn't decide, like, what they wanted to do <laughs> they had to, they were just kind of mm. like yeah have it and then kind of just like nothing happened <laughs> i mean i mean crying out loud they've had guys like bandido they've had flip it as you said hijo del vikingo um they had dragon wasn't there a point where they had wasn't there a point where they had was it johnny mundo johnny mundo was that, was that what Yes. Did I, did, did, was that real? Did I hallucinate that? No, they absolutely did. Uh, memory serves me correct. I believe it was last year's Triple Mania. Um, it, this, this one makes me laugh. The amount of names that Johnny Mundo has had, he teamed up with Matt Hardy in the main event and called himself Johnny Hardy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, boy. Like, to, to make me laugh, like the amount of names this guy's had. I can't believe that Johnny Down Under is one of the names he's he's had. I won't talk about it. Just <laughs> yeah. God dang it. Yeah, because because they because they had they had um they had Phoenix. Yeah. Then Kenny. Yeah, Phoenix. Then Kenny. Then Vikingo. Yes. Yes. But like, I, I think this is one of those things with Triple R, which when we look at it at its current point in time, I I swear they just be doing things, man. <laughs> yeah. They, really they just be doing things. Speaking of one of the things they did, let's go on to about uh, to about 2019-2020 time. 
And let's talk about the very, very strange, but also at the same time, very awesome brand deal that they got. Triple R was going to be teaming up with Marvel Comics to form a special offshoot promotion known as Triple R Marvel Lucha Libre. Basically, think of it, Marvel characters as luchadors. It writes itself, and I'm just trying to say, now, when is, how did it take this long for an actual comic book company to make this happen? Like, let's be honest, gimmick infringement is huge in professional wrestling, and God, yeah, that's ripping off comics right. for See, the here longest was, time. Here was my thing, right? Here was my thing, right? Finally, we have we have an official Spider-Man luchador. Exactly, yeah, like that just seems because Lucha seems Libre has been ri has been ripping off Spider-Man with like Arachno Man for decades, <laughs> and now it's actually real. <laughs> it took a fucking lug on that. <laughs> like I genuinely just I I if you've anyone has seen like that first event that they did, it's truly fucking amazing and the names of the luchadors as well like spider-man is arachno i believe that captain america was leyenda americana i believe thanos yes. was terra yeah. purpura as well yes <laughs> god i love that oh i love that so much um I they had venom as if memory yeah i think it was like i think the first people they announced was like spider-man captain america thanos and venom if memory serves me correct. And then eventually, I think it was the next couple of years, they brought in... Um, I think they brought in uh, Spider-Woman and Captain Marvel as well into the mix. Uh, if memory serves me correct, wasn't Thanos Brian Cage? That is entirely possible. And I believe Leo Rush... I, I, cannot, I cannot confirm whether or not that's actually true. I believe Leo <laughs> Rush... about right. Leo Rush was Spider-Man. That, again, that... that, that you that could tell tracks. me that I don't believe it. That tracks. So, I'm, I'm, I'm just reading... I'm just reading the, the match card of... Arachno defeated Engenoso... Gran Mazo, El Leyenda Americana, Picadura Letal, and Terra Pukura. Yep. <laughs> In the tournament final for the inaugural Marvel Lucha Libre Championship. All I'm saying is, right, why did we not get this as kids' TV in the 2000s? Yeah. That's right before that's it. Like the most, that's like the most obvious thing ever, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's really bizarre. Dude, so they, they get a crossover with, like, Power Rangers? It, it just writes itself, doesn't it? Like, how did... Oh my god, I forgot! <laughs> why did... Sorry. Why Sorry. did... Why did Haim Saban never strike a deal with a wrestling company to have the Power Rangers be part? Sam, 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 I, for I forgot... The event where that match happened, the event where that match happened, and just to just to clarify, it was the dark match. Was the same event? Was the same event where Dragon Lee signed of an he signed with WWE? Oh, of course he did. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Yes, I remember that. Now that's that that's Triple R right there. <laughs> have them have the Marvel branded Lucha Libre match, and then announce that one of your big stars is leaving. <laughs> now. To, 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 uh, to say that it was a success in Mexico is quite the understatement because from that very first debut show where they kind of like debuted the idea and the concept, uh, Disney 
were very pleased with what Triple R had done. So much so that as of right now, over on Disney Plus Latin Americano, you can find the Marvel Lucha Libre uh lucha libre edition on disney plus it's a whole season known as the origin of the mask um and apparently it's done quite well over in the latin latin america latino america disney plus um i, I don't know so. if it's ever getting released uh across the world because it released in january of this year on disney plus and whether that is the case whether it's going to be released wider is is I, I I don't know. Disney have never con confirmed nor deny if they're going to actually give it a worldwide release. But if they don't, there's always a VPN for you guys. <laughs> get out! Get out of VPN companies. But from what I've heard, it's been very lucrative for both parties, and it sounds like they want to create more. As I hope they do. So I, I sincerely hope they do. I mean, I, I mean, right now, I mean, it's been so successful, of course, that they have their own championship as an offshoot of Triple R, known as the Marvel Lucha Libre Championship. And of course, Spider Man is the current champion of Marvel Lucha Libre. <laughs> yes, I mean that's correct. I mean, he defeated Captain America and Thanos to win the championship. <laughs> It all counts. <laughs> oh, but as of right now, as part of that, as with everything, and I think with a lot of people, that are a lot of companies across the world, the Panasonic really affected them quite a bit. Yes. During this time. Um, of course, with the dwindling crowds, but they also had a television contract. They had to do shows behind closed doors. They had to do triple, triple mania behind closed sorry <coughs> behind closed doors during this time and of course when the of course it really took its hold this was when it was really really doing uh, a, a number on a lot of promotions across the world and especially in Mexico triple R, triple R had a really interesting concept though they announced a project called auto luchas which consisted of events in the Autodromo Hermanos Rodriguez, which is a racetrack. Basically, it was drive-in wrestling. Huh. Is, is, the, is this just a revitalization of all-wheels wrestling? <laughs> I wish it were. But no, fans could watch the shows from inside their cars. Oh, drive-in wrestling. Drive-in, re literal drive-in wrestling. This, this is no. I'm sorry. This is a game changer. <laughs> this is a game changer. I don't care. Ah, uh, it's a shame though that after like this started around July and around September 2020, they decided to can it to go back to regular shows, which is a shame. That's bullshit. Because the That's visual bullshit. of a drive-in like wrestling show with loads of cars <clears throat> around like spaced spaced out from one another in, in like a circling a wrestling ring is a thing to behold <laughs> i don't care that sounds on that sounds unreal because that that also sounds like that sounds like a better version of road wild it re no legit it really is <laughs> someone someone steal this idea Please, someone steal this idea. There's, there's, there's a banger waiting to happen. Yo, no, because look, right. 
I'm having ideas, okay? Huh? Could you imagine, right? A, get people to make their entrances in cars. Like a Pope, right? Second, second, of all, though, second of all, though, right? Fill up the front row of lowriders. Ah! Yes, absolutely. Give Look, that come on. I'm, I'm, I'm cooking right now, okay? Fill, the, fill like the front row of people with, like, people in lowriders. Get, like, special guests pulling up in, like, limos and stuff and, like, sitting on top of the limos. Get this man a contract. <laughs> yeah, there we go. This, there we go. This, 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 this has unreal potential if people, if people choose to use it. <laughs> I feel like it would only really work in the US or Mexico, but, you know. We'll make it work. We'll make it work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... Where is Triple R right now in terms of its business? Well, it's still doing okay. It just hosted Triple Mania back in July, a free day, a free event extravaganza that took place in three different locations. Uh, if memory serves me correct, Monterey, Tijuana, and Mexico City took place across uh, three different months in April, July, and August. Uh, if you want to know, Cutie Marshall absolutely came out of that as probably one of the best wrestlers in the world in that amazing ambulance match that he had with Pentagon. <laughs> yeah. Which I never thought I'd say that Cutie Marshall being the greatest, like, American export that Triple R have had. <laughs> um, we don't mention Marco Corleone. <laughs> no, we don't. Also because he's CMLL. But no, um... They, of course, have, with that, have a partnership with AEW as we speak. Apparently, from all intents and purposes, that partnership has actually been quite fruitful for them. They actually do like working with one another, trading talent here, there, and everywhere. I mean, Kenny Omega was mega champion for the longest time. We've seen Commander and El Hijo del Vikingo coming in and absolutely making waves, in uh, not only just in uh, AEW, but in Ring of Honor as well, despite what a lot of uh, people stuck in the mud's opinions will tell you of that. I like Vikingo. As I said, I do like Lucha Libre for what it is. It's 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 just prof what we know about professional wrestling just turned all the way up to 11 and in a fast and frenetic style. Um, and yeah, like it's, it's been proving to be really good and fruitful for them because now, I mean, with everything, AEW recently just signed Roosh to a full-time contract with them. And I'm just saying this. Tony, you absolute coward, make him the AEW champion. Yes, correct. Roosh is awesome. We are going to be doing an episode of Roosh next year as well. <laughs> we will be. And yeah, they're still going strong as possible as they possibly can. But it's a weird one in that <sighs> I be I'm positive about what I've just said about them. But there is always some things here and there that kind of knock it down a lot. Like either they're 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 held up in like legal things, um, they're they're kind of like legal lawsuits here and there. There's been a couple of botches from their show. More than ever, you will find technical hiccups and a botch or two in a AAA show. It's just. At this point, it's almost inevitable, and it's just almost like a part of the show with Triple R. The most famous, yeah. if everyone remembers, is when Vampiro's on commentary. There's this heated, heated exchange between two groups of different uh, luchadors, and Jeff Jarrett, actually, funnily enough. 
And Vampiro's going to be the one to save the day as the main babyface. But the backstage crew and the production truck haven't timed it right. And they've missed the cue for Vampiro's music. And you could just hear Vampiro on commentary going, Where is the fucking music? <laughs> Come on, where's the fucking music? Matt Stryker, though, going like, Oh, Vampiro won't appear until his music starts to insert the fear into the... And then suddenly the, the first note of Black in Black, uh, Back in Black comes on, and suddenly everything's all right. <laughs> Ask and you shall receive, as Matt Stryker said, and the music finally came up. So, that is a very short, condensed history. I was going to go more into kind of like rivalries, the main talents and the huge parts of this. But forgive me, everyone listening, and apologies to you two as well. It's been oh. quite a rough week, and my throat is killing me. <laughs> That's fair. You yeah. have to look after yourself. So apologies to everyone who wanted a more extensive history uh, into Triple R. Maybe next time in the near, in, in the future, I will go back on this subject yeah. and look more into. If the people would rivalries. like, we can do a, we can do a part two. Absolutely, absolutely, we will. Oh, oh, there we go. Oh. <coughs> Pardon me, apologies for that. Give me give me a moment, guys, before I do the ending spiel. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> Did I do all right, basically, despite the fact you that... Survived. Yeah. You survived. You survived. Fantastically. I'll stop it, you lot. So with that, ends Hispanic Heritage Bump for us here on the Sweet Chain Web podcast. What did you guys think of it? How did you find it? A lot of fun, as a it lot of fun. is. Lucha history is is great because lucha history is quite strange it is and yet i can't and i but also but also also not talked enough about and yet i can't stop loving and watching lucha libre you know yeah because lucha libre is cool as shit (laughs) i definitely want to talk about a history and maybe i'll talk about the history of the apoista match as well in the future the hair versus mask match maybe and the bloody Um, affairs um... That, that 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 conjure up. I'm very much it's been a lot of fun doing a couple of subjects that I again wasn't expecting that we would talk about, but I'm glad that we did, especially the, the Curse of Penta episode was a hell of a lot of fun. Oh yeah. Very much liked that one. And I really hope that you guys enjoyed this one. I know I've talked to a few people actually that have listened that actually said that they've really enjoyed this bulk of episodes. So I'm happy. I'm happy in that regard with with what we've done this month. Or, yeah, with this month and this year with Hispanic Heritage Month. But I am happy to say that the themed months do not end in September. Oh, no, 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 they do not. Oh, no. Because, oh, baby, it's October and it's Black History Month once again here at the Sweet Chin Wag Podcast. Let them know. We are going to be chronicling and doing retrospectives on some of the most iconic wrestlers in history. I it's about one of these episodes I'm like, well, it's about time we did a retrospective on that person. As yeah, well. but that, that to be fair though, that was tracked to a mistake that we made. Exactly. And <laughs> in, that, else... in that we in that we were all convinced that we had made an episode that we hadn't. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And all I'll say is Reardon, you're an absolute genius for making the last one the the one it is. 
theming that <laughs> with Halloween <laughs> as well. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a good one, folks. Uh, but I, but we will announce in due course on our Twitter and our Blue Sky. Shout out to that. Hey, that's live now. Oh, yeah, that's a thing. Uh, about who we're going to be chronicling. We'll be announcing that later on in the week. I'm very much looking forward to it. It's going to be a really different one to what we've done. Are we going to have an episode where it's just as based as the Bad News Brown episode? Most I think likely. we will. I Most hope likely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really excited to see it, though. But until then, I have been Sam. This has been Dan and Weirden. And you've been listening to the Sweet Chinwag podcast. We will see you, as always, on the next one. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. So, how about them hentas? <laughs>